Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We caught up today with Nicole Brewster. She's the CEO of Renforth Resources. And if you want our thoughts and opinions on that conversation, their plans for next year, and indeed the company itself, you can get that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. We can also find detailed company reports. There's commentary from experts from around the world on a variety of commodities and companies. There are training videos on there, and there are summaries of other interviews that we've done just to save you a little bit of time. And of course, there's a thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, safe environment. So do go and join them at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Nicole, how are you doing? Very good, thanks. How are you? Not too bad. Where in the world are you hanging out at the moment? Just the eastern edge of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. All right. So how's life? Enjoying yourself? Oh, everything's great. Everything's great. Okay, well, like, first time we've met Nicole, first time we heard this story, looking forward to it. When you kick off, give me a one-minute overview of the business, and I'll pick it up from there. All right, so Remforth has a world-class Quebec gold deposit adjacent to Canada's largest um, gold mine, and we're extremely well-funded, and we're focused on growing that deposit. Okay, so I'm looking at the share price, $0.06, cents, market cap, $13, $14 million uh, bucks. How long have you been at this? Uh, approximately seven years. Right, why, why is it going to work now? What, what, what's, what's, what have you been leading up to? Building the asset package, so we're we've got the right rocks. We're definitely in the right spot. We're on the Cadillac Break. We're in Quebec, and we're beside producing mines, all of which uh, need additional feed or or ounces, which we have on surface in an open pit and under the open pit. Um, and it's the right time, I do think, based on macro world events. And we won't we won't veer into this, but I think we have a gold market um, on the horizon. Um, and it's easier for a producing company to buy ounces and cheaper than it is to go out and find their own. Right. So. Okay. So, and so what's, what's been happening over the past seven years? So you talk about putting a package together. I noticed you offloaded Algar um, recently to Radisson. I mean, is that what you've been doing to kind of keep the lights on, as it were? Well, to, to keep the lights on, I've been doing a series of small retail private placements, just um, purpose purpose size to the immediately afterwards exploration work I would do. And that allowed us to um, actually put a maiden open pit resource in place at Alger and make a discovery. Um, and lo and behold, the neighbor made a good offer to buy it. So proving the business model. Right. Well, was it, was that the business model? Has it changed? Are you looking to just step and repeat business cookie cutter? Has not no, it hasn't changed. We have um, to, to very briefly step aside. We have five right now properties in Renforth, one of which is under a joint venture um, option out agreement. That'll be gone. Um, and then the others, um, the focus is our Parbec, which we are uh, drilling currently. We're infill to increase to build a deposit. And we're sitting next door to as I said, Canadian Malartic, which is a large, vast open pit mine. Uh, in the recent quarterlies of both of the owners, being Agnico Eagle and Yamana, they disclosed that the open pit footprint at the bottom of the open pit has decreased unexpectedly. It's affecting both their, their ability to access ounces and their grade is coming down. So they've been aggressively exploring to the east and they've now turned their attention to the west right next door to us. Okay, so... Time. Right, right. Okay, so so I understand the cookie cutter approach. So you, with Al Algar, you basically 
you drilled what seven, it's about eighteen hundred meters there. Worked out what you had, and you were quick to offload that to your neighbor. It, it, was it Algiers as simple as that? No, it's never as simple as that. Algiers is the reason I became president of the company. Um, and we had a defunct option at the time and uh, rehabilitated it, took it to 100% ownership, did a fair bit of work. Um, and it's not on my desk how many meters I drilled, but there was a fair, a fair amount of drilling. Um, we put the maiden um, 43101 resource in place. And then we upsize that or we improve that by going to an engineered open pit resource. Uh, we made a discovery at Algar, which is always fortuitous and you can't plan to make a discovery, unfortunately. But um, so Algar, we, we were actually mid drill program um, and arguably maybe drilled some of the better looking holes we've seen, but uh, the neighbor made me an offer, which allowed me to realize um, a gain on what we had put into Algar. We, we, we sold it for more than it was carrying on our books, which is business 101. Uh, so we made a profit um, and it allowed me to take the money and to put it into Parbeck. Um, Algar was a unique situation in that it was approximately it was about 1.4 kilometers and the neighbor had four kilometers and change. So we had two junior companies adjacent to Canada's deepest gold mine. Um, <clears throat> and I knew that Agnico wouldn't deal with both of us. So it was an opportunity to consolidate that property. We hold 12 million shares of Radistan stock. So we are uh, exposed to the upside potential if they successfully um, sell the property onwards to either Agnico or another another par par party who wants a good chunk of land on the Cadillac break. Cadillac break is Canada's most prolific gold structure. So this is primo real estate. Like this is location, location, location. Great so. show. It's a great show. Um, we, <laughs> <laughs> we, okay. So, right. So that, that, that that's the model there. I mean, so you, you got 12 minute shows, but how much cash did you take out of it? How much have you plowed um, into Powerback? Oh goodness! That deal came with twelve million shares, five hundred thousand cash on on signing. Um, there's a contingent future payment of, I believe, a it's at least a million, uh, and it also came with a private placement into Renforth by Radisson because, in fact, they also like Parbeck. Uh, but I told them that, that Parbeck was not for sale, and I've told other people Parbeck's not for sale, and the the bit I leave out is yet, um, but. The, uh, the private placement was $3.24 million. Uh, and that leaves us funded for a good little while. We're not doing any financings headed into the end of the year here, despite having a Quebec flow through eligible property, which is a, a big deal. I've turned down financings because we don't need to. Okay. So how much cash have you got today then? I asked the CFO last night and he answered the question, $3.26 million. That, so that's what's on the kitty today. You, you've obviously spent a fair bit of money at Powerback. Again, how much have you spent there to date? How much more are you going to spend on it to take it to wherever uh, to you date, need to take it? The, the checks that have been written to date are to the tune of half a million dollars. And I expect the current drill pro. So that's netted out like the 3.26 is in the bank today. Um, I expect by the time this fall program, which we targeted drilling 7,000 meters. And as of this morning, I believe we're at 8,700 meters. So we've got another week yet from our filming date today um, to drill before Christmas. And I expect that at the end of the day, I'll end up writing checks for another five to $700,000. So we'll roll into the new year easily with two and a half million um, 
in cash available. Uh, and the plan is to spend another comparable amount, so another million to 1.2 million in the first quarter drilling. Um, and then to uh, to restate the resource uh, in Q2 and, and the cost attached to that is not that significant, relatively speaking. Okay, so question sent in, one of the questions sent in, where's the gold at? You got assays coming. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, the gold. So we've drilled, as I just said, 8,700 meters. We've only received assays for 700 meters. Um, unfortunately, the lab we were using was dealing with some of the very big names in the business and very big clients of theirs. And our stuff was literally getting pushed aside and we'd, we'd rant and rail and cause a fuss and they'd do a little bit of work and then they'd ignore us again. So um, when I was in the field last week, one of the things we did do was go meet another lab and we moved, um, we dropped off a bunch of new samples uh, last week and actually yesterday to the new lab. But the other thing we did was we um, we picked up, you know, those big terraform bags, the big white bags with the straps. We picked up five of those with our samples um, from the one lab and moved them to the, to the other lab. So and now that lab's starting cold, but I expect once they've got us, they'll have started working on the stuff we put in last week. We're going to end up with results at the end of the month for that. And then we'll have the big chunk in the middle start to come in early in the new year. So uh, shareholders can look forward to, I mean, this, this program will be um, putting out results well into January and January we'll start drilling again and we'll be putting out results for that. So from the end of this month forward, it's uh, it's going to be constant news for a good, good for four or five months. Drill results and understand we're doing infill drilling um, from a from a model deposit, um, so it's fairly low risk drilling uh, that we're doing. So so we're liking everything we see in the rock, but uh, we we see mineralization, but we can never ascertain um, how much gold is in that rock. So. Okay. So okay. So you, okay. Location, 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 drilling, assay, drilling, assay over the next few months. I mean, the end game here is what to restate your resource. Yeah. So there's the drilling has two targets, three, the drilling is infill drilling. As I told you, um, it's down dip extension drilling because the rumor is that next door to us where Agnico and Yamana hosted a significant program drill program earlier this year, one of the rumors is that they hit deep. So we drilled um, what's probably going to be the deepest hole to date on Parbeck. And it's not as deep as I've heard they were working, but we are pushing down dip. The Cadillac break is uh, regarded as a structure that gets more gold endowed. The deeper you go, the grades get better. Uh, and the last kind of drilling we're doing is actually pretty interesting. And it's pretty critical. In fact, um, the, uh, the 43101 open pit constrained resource, which is in place at Parbeck, which gives us, 281,000 ounces in total at 1.77 and 78, 104,000 indicated at 1.78 and 177 at 1.77. Um, those ounces are only comprised of assay results from 2007 to the present because we have all of that witness core on hand. We do not have, there was a significant amount of drilling in the 1980s and a little bit in the 1990s. We don't have that core we did not twin enough of those holes. So in this program, we're going to twin approximately five to seven of those holes. And by twin, that's actually interesting. I found out twinning, it means literally collaring within three to five meters of the pre-existing drill collar and mirroring the hole. 
I felt you had to be a bit further away that it was kind of a bit of sleight of hand, but apparently I was wrong. So we're going to twin some holes uh, in order to bring all of that assay material into the, into the model. Because if somebody goes through the PowerPoint presentation I have right now on the, uh, the, the example assay page, you'll see that we have both good grades and significant widths from the 1980s, not in the model. So that'll have beneficial impact as well. So it's pretty low risk drill program. And yes, it's going to, we targeted 7,000 meters before Christmas. We've exceeded that target. I expect we'll, we'll wash out at maybe 9,500 meters before Christmas. We'll do another chunk of drilling, um, 7,000 to 8,000 in that range somewhere in the new year. Um, and then once all of that information is, uh, is on hand, it'll go to the engineers to update the resource pull the other assays into their work as well. Uh, my expectations are that we will restate the resource above half a million ounces. And my expectations are not ridiculous or, or, or out of the blue. Prior to doing an engineered open pit resource, we did have geological resources, which should be regarded more as an inventory and were restated, but they were higher than, than the half a million ounces. But when the engineers step in, they want to see more twinning. They want to see tighter drilling, which is the reason we are twinning and infill drilling. Okay, so, so, if, I, so if we look at what's happened before, the the pattern here is you're trying to you know pretty this thing up for Yamana and Agnico Eagle. You think half a million ounces is going to do do that for them with the grades that you're going to you know assuming the current grades continue as they are. Is that interesting? Right. Yes, and I actually expect the, the the current grades could well increase. Previously, we've applied a sensitivity analysis to this um, to this deposit, and of course, increasing the cutoff grade drops the ounce inventory, but it increases the grade of those ounces. But the reality is, Parbeck is a bulk tonnage target. It's bulk mining. It's it's gold in, you know, this is our rock. It's this stuff. It's not quartz veining. So we will we'll mine everything. We, whoever mines this, will mine everything. Um, so we drop we can drop the cutoff grade with the, with the prevailing price of gold at the time that the forty three one hundred one was calculated. I believe it was either I was going to look this up and I forgot to. It was thirteen fifty or um, or uh, no, I can't. No, or not. Can't look <laughs> it was either thirteen fifty or fourteen hundred dollar gold that they used in the in the resource. Suffice to say, the gold price used was not the prevailing price of gold, which is of course volatile. However, that allowed us to use a 0.35 cutoff within the open pit and a higher cutoff for the ounces outside the open pit. So where I'm going with this is the price of gold makes every ounce mineable virtually. Um, so do we have higher grade within there? We do. Will we do a higher grade resource by raising the cutoff? Probably not, because why would you? Um, but yeah, will a half a million ounces turn the crank for them? I think this can move the needle at that level. What's of interest to me is whatever they were doing next door, where they've done an excessive amount of drilling, and they're now mounting a detailed um, airborne or drone-borne um, survey, and they're actually staging off of Parbeck. They're not flying Parbeck because we've already done that, um, as they reminded us yesterday. But uh, we, uh, we're, we're, we're watching them work around us, so we're going to be right in the crosshairs. If I'm pretty sure we're already right in the crosshairs. And that's only speaking about um, Agnico, whom I have a relationship with, 
and they'll be speaking for their partner, Yamana, but they're not the only game in town either. So in a perfect world, if you have all the boys at the dance, the dance gets much more exciting than if you only have one boy, right? So I wouldn't know. Um, <laughs> so what's the, what's the model here? Because you're going to get some money if you can, if, if, if they do come to the table, whichever boy comes to the dance and, and, and buys this, Parback is, gives, gets you some money and then you go and reinvest it in the ground on the next thing. You've got, you've got five targets, right? So where, where's the upside for the retail guys, for the, for the investors in here? Because otherwise it's just plowing the money back into the ground, continued, and it's a long road. So where's, where, where are you going big? I'm a big shareholder. I get paid in shares and the CFO does as well. And um, so my entire life's wrapped up in this company and I don't really want to be an insider with no realistic exit strategy forever, right? Um, so what I've told Agnico actually for the last two years is that Parbeck's not for sale, Remforth's for sale. Um, now, what screwed that plan up? Because up until a little while ago, uh, my plan was to push, um, well, it was just to sell Remforth. And then we acquired these other properties. So I thought, okay, let's benefit shareholders a bit by spinning everything else out before we um, we sell uh, we sell Remforth to sell Parbeck, probably in the next 12, maybe 18 months. So what screwed that up is, as I press release, we made a discovery at Surmo. Um, right now, I think the strategy is still to sell Renforth and then subsequent to the sale to spin out Surmo with some element of funding out of the, uh, the sale of Renforth transaction, which is the, pretty much the boilerplate of how this gets done, as you've seen before with juniors. The acquirer wants one asset um, and they, they spin everything else. So most recently done actually in the last month by Yamana when they acquired Monarch, they kept the Camflow mill, which is the toll milling operation only nine kilometers from Parbeck. So I could open an open pit mine if I wanted to. Um, and they kept a deposit west of Rouen, but everything else they spun out into Nuco and they funded Nuco. So that's the business model I am pursuing right now. It is a sale of Parbeck via uh, the sale of Renforth because that gives me personally my own exit strategy. And it's not just me. It gives a lot, a lot of my patient and very significant shareholders an exit strategy without being detrimental to the uh, to the market. So that's the plan. I fully expect the plan to work. I don't think it's a matter of if, I think it's a matter of when. Um, I mean, I know my neighbor needs ounces, but I know they're not the only people that need or want ounces. Uh, Kiana's coming on stream with West Dome. Uh, El Dorado's operating the, um, the triangle and they're using the Sigma Lamac processing facility only partially ramped up. Um, and Agnico Eagle themselves have Laronde, um mining as well as uh, Goldex. And the life of mine of everything in the neighborhood is within the next 10 years, which sounds like a long time away. God, in my world, I don't plan, I don't plan that far out. But for mining companies, once they're inside of 10 years, they've, they need five years to bring their future ounces on stream. So they start, uh, they start worrying. And we're sitting with ounces in an open pit. They're not deep underground, which is where a lot of the ounces you hear about at my neighbor, Canadian Malartic, the Odyssey and the East Gouldy all start real deep. Parbeck's the only thing in the neighborhood that starts on surface. Okay. So. That, that, that pinging, I think that, that might be a Nico pinging. 
um, just just uh, give me a bit more detail on, on Ceramo if you if you don't mind because it's it's either a nickel or a polymetallic. It's not not gold. So it's probably less interesting um, to an Agnico. So what are the what's the optionality there? Go on then. I don't think it's less interesting to Agnico based on my experience. We'll just park that there. Um, the optionality is Ceramo has its two. And to be clear, and I'm going to deal with this right up front because I get accused of not focusing on Parbeck, the spend on Suramo is approximately 10% of the spend and the attention we spend on Parbeck. So Parbeck is very much our focus. Um, Suramo is a happy accident, as they say. Um, <clears throat> the uh, we, we staked a, some historic showings defined by very evident magnetic trends in the very detailed government geophysics. Um, one in the north had uh, Suramo as well as uh, Lalande and the Canadian Millardic Mine property on either end. It was a 30-kilometer trend. And in the south, we have Victoria West on the west and we have Colony on the east. That's a 20-kilometer trend. That is the one we drilled. It's the one we press released. We were shocked when we saw that core. Um, we saw we've pictures in the presentation, visible sulfides in the core, copper, nickel, zinc. Um, it's a gold environment. I do not, I'm not prepared to dismiss the presence of gold. We also have chrome, we have cobalt. We've got a laundry list of things going on. That is a VMS. Um, and then adjacent to it, there's an ultramafic. The ultramafic, well, the geologists have many theories I could bore everyone to death with, but the ultramafic, seems to have had a role. Uh, the ultramafic is associated with nickel. Um, and our initial lab work suggests that that nickel is sulfide nickel. Um, so that's an extremely interesting property, both from the whole EV battery metals <clears throat> concept in North America, but also I'm not ruling out the presence of gold in that VMS. That would be very typical for the camp. The Laurel mine is the VMS. Uh, there are several notable, um, very large VMSs then what happens, as you know, is they produce copper or they produce zinc uh, in the VMS, and then they produce gold as a, a much less, in terms of volume, much less present, but of course, in terms of value, much more exciting commodity. So VMSs tend to become gold mines. Um, also quite expensive. Well, they can be expensive, but you find a partner. Right. So, you know, and a VMS has a lot of potential partners is a lot of commodities that come out of a VMS. So that's very exciting. Um, that's very new. It was very unexpected based on what had been done um, historically, some limited trenching and drilling, probably in the ultramafic end of things, as opposed to the VMS part of things. Um, and then another question I get asked is, why did we stop? We only drilled some 200 meters. We were using um, a mobile track drill, which was purpose-built. And um, the operator has to stand outside operating it with his helper and pulling the rods and open to the elements. And uh, while it's sunny and cold here, it's freaking snowing and they're, they're already, you know, shin deep in the stuff up north. So weather closed in with a couple nice October, early, well, November blizzards, but October got really nasty really fast. So we shut that down. We'll come back to Surmo. Stay tuned. There'll be assay values, and there will be a, an announcement of a drill program in the new year. But again, the focus is Parbeck. That's the okay. easy fruit. T tell me, so, so tell me, how many shares do you have? When you say it's, it's meaningful to you, what, what does that mean? You and your CFO hold Oh, much? myself? Um, eight point something. 
it's like 8.2 or 3 right. million shares and the CFO is comparable. Um, and a consulting company that was I'm associated with, I'm not the only mind associated with it, but um, it's the reason I became president because the consulting company was owed a bunch of money. They took, I negotiated a deal where they took very expensive paper. So the sunk cost of the consulting company is up around 70 some odd cents as we stand today. And they hold approximately, well, I think I last heard that's around 9 million or so shares in that company. So um, personally, I can claim probably 10 million plus 10 million shares. Um, and then we have, we actually have several industry shareholders. We have uh, Chalice Gold did a private placement some years ago when I did the option of a property to them. They've subsequently left Canada and been fantastically successful on their own in Australia, but um, they still hold some Renforce shares. Last time I reached out to Alex, uh, Globex Mining, whom we acquired the Parbrek property from. And in lieu of work, we paid Jack's shares. He still holds shares. Cadillac Ventures, whom the new Alger property was acquired from some years ago, still holds some shares. Um, and of course, Radisson. Radisson did the private placement. So they're our largest sole shareholder. Uh, and then we go into, to, in terms of funds, <clears throat> flow through funds in Canada, Maple Leaf, Marquest, a new one called Northern Precious run by a lovely um, engineer out of Montreal, but a uh, little bit of fund coverage, a lot of retail, a lot of large retail too. You know, individuals or families holding in the multiple millions of shares, which is a very meaningful amount when you when you work for your dollars every day so the very and, and and they're they're associated in in buying groups largely throughout quebec um one is in kind of ontario bc but they're significant shareholdings and they're being very patient as well so these are the people i'm trying to deliver the exit strategy for so you've got three months of data which you're going to come out to the market with and you hope that's going to be enough to move the needle for them for retail but also maybe start more, I don't know, more, more meaningful conversations with Agnico. Is that the idea? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to work out on the timeframe because you've been out, you know, it's been out there seven years, we've had a plan, it's reached the crescendo moment. Is it going to happen? The, the crescendo or the gating moment for us is restating this resource. So we've got three months of current drilling. We're going to do another three months of drilling. That resource restatement is going to fall firmly in Q2 probably middle to the back end of Q2. Once that resource comes out, the game is on. There are no current CAs in place. However, certain parties have had CAs in the past and can, when they see the public disclosure, have a pretty good idea what's going on. But at this point, I'm not renewing any CAs because for the life of me, I don't understand the purpose as being beneficial. If they want a CA, they're going to bring their checkbook. Um, so really the, the, the crescendo moment, it's, it's gonna. We're gonna build up with constant, I believe, very positive drill results because I'm, I've myself, I've drilled about 8,400 meters at Parbeck to date in 37 holes prior to the current program. Every single one of those delivered gold. I mean, we're drilling off a deposit in an open pit. It's it's, it's pretty much as close as we get in this business to shooting fish in a barrel. Um, so we'll lead up to the crescendo moment with constant um, assay information. Nicole, brilliant. I enjoyed hearing that story. Thank you. Stay in touch. Let's know how you get on with when those assay results are coming in, especially if they're hitting the numbers you expect them to. I'd like to, like to hear, hear how you're getting on for sure. Yeah, well, the first two hit. So here we go. 
we've got, um, oh, I think we're drilling our 25th hole today. So we're finishing our 25th. So we've got a few holes yet to go. So okay. stay tuned. We will. Thanks, Nicole. Appreciate your time. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.